The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We're taking a look at some of the patterns in corporate real estate. The CEO of Galetti is joining us now, John Jack. John, uh, I hope you, you can certainly hear me better this time around. Yes, I think I can. Ah, much better. (laughs) Absolutely much better. Um, Let's talk about part of what you had mentioned before we went to the break. And uh, this was around some of the changes where you you believe that a lot of companies are at a place where they're making decisions around what their future office life, if I can put that in inverted commas, is is supposed to look like. What have you seen already so far? So what has um, the corporate real estate market been through uh, so far? So, you know, one of the big things was that, you know, obviously to start off with, I always said that the guys like Regis, the business exchange, WeWork, you know, all of these places where you have flexible collaborative workspace where you can literally pay per head and per month and it's very, very flexible. You know, I, I said they were going to be a major benefactor of this whole thing as we came out of it. But to start off with, obviously, everyone who could cancel their month-to-month lease did. And so they were literally empty for the months during the hard lockdown. But what's happened now that everyone's sort of starting to come back to work is a lot of big office users, let's say they have 5,000 squares, will literally try and get rid of half of their space and then take up perhaps 1,000 square meters with a flexible office space provider, a Regis, a business exchange, someone, someone along those lines, who they can literally just go on a month-to-month and a per-headcount basis. So as your workforce or your how many people in your office expand, you can expand into that space or you can contract if need be. And, and like we're seeing at the moment with this sort of second spike in COVID, as it were, is people just don't know what the future holds. You know, we didn't know that we were going to go back into a second spike, or perhaps we did. We didn't realize it was going to be as quick and as impactful as it has been. You know, we saw some articles coming out. They're looking at closing the beaches and what type of restrictions do they place on us again. So office users in particular and, and all businesses, I suppose, need to have some more flexibility. And that's really where we see the future is going to happen is that they're going to demand flexibility from landlords. Mm. And landlords are going to have to react to that and provide office space as a service and and think about it like that. It's not necessarily your corporate headquarters anymore. Mm. And that brings us to the issue of, of stability, right? Because the one thing that mm. landlords love is stability. So they want to know sure. if you're signing a six-month contract that you're going to be there for the six months and they guaranteed their, their income for that six months. So what is likely yeah. then to be the outcome of this flexibility? Does it mean that especially because of the risk that landlords are going to be taking on, that we're likely to see some of the rental um, uh, rental charges, especially for corporate rentals, then going up? Yeah, it's, it's quite interesting because at the end of the day, it, it, there are two major impacts. One, in the end of the day, it all comes down to the bank because, as you know, everyone finances commercial property, you get your, your commercial property, and the banks have to take the risk ultimately because you, you could either turn into a Frankfurt where literally if you don't have a tenant, the bank's not willing to provide debt and therefore your, your building's worth nothing. Uh, or alternatively, the bank are going to assume some risk and um, and be able to uh, accept these sort of short-term contracts from landlords or or else we'll have sort of like a 
been a catastrophe in the market, and so obviously the banks will hold us up, and then that's that's what that that's what's going to end up happening there. But what's happened on the other side is where investors are paying significant prices. Commercial property investors are paying significant prices for long-term leases. So generally in new developments and that type of thing, um, you get long-term leases. I'm talking in excess of 10 years. People are paying significant prices for those assets. And anything with, you know, five-year lease and shorter, they're almost in an oversold position where they're receiving bids way lower than they would have received even 18 months ago. So you've got this huge sort of um, change in valuation on properties already, like we can see. So Frankfurt's maybe an an extreme example where properties are literally worth 20% of their value. Mm. Already here, we're seeing this big gap in, in valuations on these properties with short leases. And why do you think that is? Is it because there are fears out of the market around how long those properties might be around for? It's more risk. So if you have a long-term lease with a good tenant, uh, you know that you're not going to have any vacancies. You know you're not going to have any sort of negative rental reversion. As you can imagine, with a short-term lease and and with a market that's not really growing, every time a lease comes to an end, you've got to revert your rental back to market. So the lease escalates and then you go back to market. So you get this very sort of choppy rental profile, which is not you know, ideal for any investor. So what they rather do is they say, I will pay more for a long lease because I don't want the risk of these rental reversions and I don't want the risk of vacancy. Um, and exactly on the other hand, those with the shorter rental profile, people are saying, well, I'll pay less for this asset because it's got an unusual rental profile, um, given the sort of historical rentals that just escalated and escalated over time, and you know people would re-sign leases, and you know no problem. Now it, you just don't know; the future is uncertain. So there's a there's a bit of an oversold position there, and, and you know you, you're getting those properties that are just gone. Are you seeing any particular trends where location is concerned? So uh, you may find that perhaps you had a business that was um, somewhere on the outskirts of Rosebank that, you know, would upgrade maybe to offices in the heart of Santon. Um, and when hard times hit, you find a downgrading uh, perhaps in terms of location changes. Mm. You know, the trend is really less about the office and it's more about the no, you and I, where do we live? So where people would have to live around their office, let's say you have a head office in Sanford, you're probably going to live as close to that head office as you can afford. And what it's doing now is people are saying, you know what, I don't actually need to live in Morningside or Sanford or whatever. I'm going to go live somewhere where I really enjoy living. So they're living further away from the office because their hours at the office are flexible. So they're going to choose to drive to the office at 10 o'clock and miss the traffic. And as you've seen, there's far less traffic on the road. So um, it's quite an interesting one. Uh, people are living in different places, but the offices are remaining in the major nodes. And what is happening, though, is people are upgrading their offices because there are such fantastic rental deals on offer from both the landlords and tenants looking to sublet. You're getting people moving into these prime areas, uh, taking up an office that they may not have been able to afford in the past, but because it's such a good deal now, they're moving in and upgrading their office, but they are living further away from where they were. From what you're seeing, is uh, you know the retail um, rental space market still a, a, a good one to invest in? It depends on the type of asset. So you've got very defensive assets mm. where you know it's 
more uh, you're looking at the higher net worth sort of shopping there and it's a place to be and be seen. Um, and then you're looking at other sort of retail centers where people don't necessarily specifically need to be there. So there's almost the two ends of the spectrum. There's the, the sort of lower end of the spectrum where people are there to buy food and they're specifically there to get out of their house or whatever it is. So it's, a, it's a, an event to go there. Those are doing well. And then the very defensive ones on the top end, those are also doing well. It's those that are sort of unloved, that don't have um, that don't have anything specific that people need to go there. Those are taking serious pain. Um, you know, people are rather going to other shopping centres. Also, shopping centres which are more open air are better. People want to be outside. People want to be uh, in environments where they don't feel like they're very crammed on top of other people. And it's almost it's almost a subconscious thing. You know, you see. Um, bars and restaurants, those that have outside sections and open windows and you're open, a, open to, uh, or able to open the whole thing up, you get a lot of people attending. However, if they're very closed in and you need to go and sit inside, you'll see next to no one there. And, and so that's how it's really sort of impacting retail at the moment. Just the, the type of consumer mm. and your consumerism uh, is changing where you want to be. You know, you want to feel better to be outdoors. Oh, John Jack, uh, what what incredible insights that you you've shared with us, and um, maybe just one or two more questions after the latest uh, news headlines. It's eleven thirty. John Jack is the CEO of Galetti Corporate Real Estate. After this, I'll ask I'll be asking him just for general tips that we as consumers, or you know, especially for those who are taking up a rental office space, what do you need to keep in mind before deciding to terminate some of those le- leases, and uh, we, what should you? actually do to ensure that you're getting a good deal within this current market. Uh, it's 11.30. Zolekat Kodashe has your latest news headline. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Coming up at noon is the update at noon with Sakina Kamwendo. Today they'll be looking at ESCOM, which is presenting its interim results through its virtual media briefing at noon. So um, we'll be watching with keen interest what's happening there. And Pastor Lydia Malete of Rivers of Living Waters Ministries has been lined up to appear at the CRL Commission hearings today. The High Court has ruled that she must apply directly to the Commission for her testimony to be held in camera. Uh, Those are just some of the stories that Sakina is going to be bringing to you on the update at noon. We've been looking at corporate real estate and office space and uh, in particular and what's happening in that market. John Jack is the CEO of Galetti Corporate Real Estate. Uh, John, before we went to break, I said I'd ask you firstly about, you know, what it is that especially business owners need to keep in mind when deciding whether or not to let go of that office rental space property. Sure. So, you know, I think in general, um, the, the, the sort of cost of moving and the cost of setting up a new office is really prohibitive. You know, it, it can cost you up to, you know, one or two years in rental if you're total rental up. It can cost you up to one or two years rental in capex outlay, new furniture, new desks, new walls, new paint, new ceilings, new lights, aircon, etc., etc. It really can get expensive. So when relocating, you need to consider the option of not relocating your entire office, but relocating potentially 
portion of the office, saying what we'll do is we'll cut down to, let's say, 50% occupancy and hand back 50% of the landlord. And then we'll go and look at a more of a flexible workspace environment, uh, the business exchange, we work, et cetera, et cetera. Go and take up space there, like I said earlier, and have a flexible space. Um, or alternatively, um, you know, when, when you're putting together, the, when you're looking at your, your cost of staying or going, you need to really get a, a professional in to, to add those costs for you, to look at the financial analysis, to give you an accurate, an accurate sort of financial picture of what you're going to do. Because often people take the decision to move, and there's so many hidden costs and set up and IT and aircon, et cetera, et cetera, that you just don't see. And you may well be able to just restructure with your current landlord. Um, and that's very popular at the moment. It's a, lot of, a lot of the business that we've been doing is restructuring space for, for some of our clients and restructuring their terms and agreements and that kind of thing. And the landlords are accommodating. Um, and they would rather keep a tenant than suffer a vacancy. So everything's on the table. There's lots to be done. And, and you know, you need to investigate your whole picture before just making a, a, a decision in isolation. Okay, Uh, let me just squeeze in Salim from Durban. Salim, good morning. I understand you you have a question for John. Yeah, you see, when I walk around the shopping malls, I can see there's so much of empty vacant shops. Then when I look around and and see what's happening, people are now going into online shopping. And then also when you come to work, people are working from home. And I think in many instances, uh, investors are overcapitalizing on property. And, and you know, the, the way I look at it, there's going to be maybe a, a, a serious downturn in the property market or meltdown. And I, I'd like to know from John, you know, are we going to see this, this kind of situation arising or you think the property market will bounce back knowing that we're all now subject to COVID, uh, you know, uh, a narrative? All right, John? Yes, Salim, I mean, we've already seen it. You know, if you look at a lot of the listed funds, um, you've seen, you know, the, the big guys, the growth points, Fortress, all, all of these guys re- redefine. All of them had a correction. So if you look at almost every single property fund, Amira, et cetera, et cetera, you saw them have this huge correction straight down, and now they've had like a bit of a gradual recovery, and they're kind of sitting at market capitalizations far, you know, far below what they used to be historically. So... In that kind of specific space, you've seen it. You've seen the analysts already say to them, well, we're downgrading the valuation on your stock. So there you've seen it directly, and that's where it impacts you and I as an investor. But from actually a property owner, um, what's happening is they, they're, they're very much sticking, or a lot of sort of retail, and this is what you're seeing, they're taking the vacancy rather than taking a decrease rentals. And, and it doesn't make sense. As a private owner, it doesn't make sense because if you own a shopping center and that's your asset, you're going to take rentals because you're, you're, trying to, you're trying to trade your way out of that situation. You want the income. What the listed guys do is they say, well, by taking a lower rental, the valuation on our property almost immediately drops. And then that gets applied by the analysts across the board. So if you have rental reversions, massive rental reversions, let's say – you have a significant one of a 40% rental reversion. That's a downward rental reversion. The analysts looked at that and they say, okay, well, in your portfolio, you have at least 20% of leases coming up this year. Therefore, we're going to apply to your income a 40% reversion on 20% of your income. And so immediately the entire fund gets downgraded. 
And so where it doesn't make sense for you to be getting some income rather than none, the, the listed sector operates on different fundamentals, and that's why you're seeing those vacancies. So we think that the there will always be new businesses and guys will come up with ideas, but I do think rentals are going to come down, but they might not come down as far as people think they might come down. Okay, and it's an interesting point that you're raising. I actually uh, didn't think about it that way. What the um, the impact of having lower rental costs, especially for for what's considered prime estate uh, spaces, what that could do to the overall valuation of properties in that area. Yeah. But is is it perhaps is it naive to expect that um, generally prices in prime land um, will will go down quite significantly? So uh, you know, having maybe rentals or even the cost of properties being slashed by 20 to 30 percent? Yeah, I mean, you've seen it. Um, you know, so so typically at commercial sort of rental profiles, you'll have, a, let's say, a five-year lease, and every year you escalate at 8 percent. And so that, escalate comp- that escalation compounds with the previous year's rental, and so it keeps on going and going and going. And what happens is, even if the market doesn't go down, so let's say... Today is 100 rand a square meter. Next year is 100 rand a square meter. Mm. Following year is 100 rand a square meter. So it just stays flat. What happens is that contractual escalation that's built into a tenant's rental profile reverts suddenly at the end of that three year or five year lease or whatever it is. It reverts back to market. Market has just stayed flat. And so that's the 50% reversions that we're talking about. We're talking about big tip offs as opposed to the market catching up to the contractual escalation. Market stays flat, and so those reversions are very exaggerated. These big numbers you have, 30, 40 percent. Mm. But when you say, is market going down? Well, market may go down sort of 10 percent, but market's not going down 40 percent. You know, it's not. It's not moving far off its base. Put it that way. Mm, mm. Oh, it's it's been such an insight. Certain markets it is. In certain markets it is, but not in all markets. Yeah, yeah. It's been such an insightful conversation, uh, John, and thank you so much for joining us today. Um, John Jack is the CEO of Galetti Corporate Real Estate. And um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on to the show uh, and sharing some of that information with us. Uh, we're going to wrap up our half hour today speaking with Gift of the give- Givers. We're taking a look at the situation in the Eastern Cape and we're looking at COVID. COVID-19. It's a dire state of affairs, depending on where in the province you're looking at. Uh, Imtiaz Suleiman is the founder of the Gift of the Givers, and, uh, you know, they're making a desperate call for people to assist them in the work that they're doing. We'll find out exactly what the picture on the ground is, at least according to him.